Welcome to the Mojo Market Report. Here's your hosts, Dave Sturgio and Chris Gucci. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mojo Market Report right here. Coming to you live from Chop Studios, Dave Sturgeo, along with Chris Gucci, A5, Anthony behind the glass. Hope everybody's doing well out there. Uh, we were just all discussing right before the show, just very, very tired this morning. And I think it's, you know, the, the adrenaline rush was up for Monday Night Football where we couldn't sleep overnight. We all watched and witnessed the Philadelphia Eagles and their undefeated season. The 72 Dolphins popping them bottles over there, making sure that they're still the only undefeated team left in the history of the NFL. Um... Look, I mean, it, it just looked like a sad scene over there in Philadelphia. I mean, Sirianni looked lost. Jalen Hurts was sulking on the sidelines. Do I look sad? I I feel sad. <laughs> like it is what it, it is. It happens. The, the commanders are a better football team than people are giving them credit for. Apparently. I mean, they're five and five. Yeah. I mean, are they five and they're five? They're five and five. Did they not have a bye? They did not have a bye no, yet. So they're five and five. Five and five. And I was pulling for Philly yesterday, man, trying to get back <laughs> in this playoff hunt. But so, Commanders keep winning football games, and they got one over Green Bay. So we have. To, oh, we need, that's like, right. They were part of that month and a half long span yeah, of, of they garbage. Were, they were. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, the Washington Commanders did their thing. I think it's a crazy, crazy scene to think about the fact that waking up this morning, if you're a Washington Commanders fan, you know that all of a sudden Carson Wentz is now available to play, and you would be a fool. Washington, an absolute fool to take the reins away from Tyler Haneke. I, I don't think that's a thing, but you know the money's going to come into a factor, and the decision might be made, man. But if it doesn't, we're looking at Carson Wentz officially losing his third job in seven years. Well, I'm going to say this. If you if you start Carson Wentz at this point in the season at 5-5 five and five with what Heineke's been able to do, you lose that locker room. There's no question about it. I think Ron Rivera is too smart for that. You got to go with the hot hand. And not even like Heineke's playing out of this world football, but the team rallies behind him. I don't I don't think they rally behind Carson He didn't even Wentz. throw a touchdown pass last night. He I threw mean, like 200 plus. If you look it. at the NFL this season, it's very common. The passing stats are just extremely low this year. Really low. Everybody, All the quarterbacks that are just game management and defenses. Look at the unders all across the board. This it's year. not even it's that. And it's also it, it, credit to the people that have said, like, passing league. All right, cool. Defensive coordinators adjusted. And now you got to run the football. Like, yeah, old school fixed. running. They're letting them play in the back end a little bit more this year than they have in the years past. So I think corners and DBs are getting away with some more. And we're yeah. seeing the. Yeah. We're seeing the. Oh, yeah. get off it, bro. There was yeah. like three plays. Did you see <laughs> the, the play yeah, that yeah. Sammy Watkins got? Uh, I don't want to say the word because it was <laughs> no. I didn't see Sammy that. Watkins don't know what you're mugged. talking about. He got mugged, but okay. he still made the catch. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to make the tough. Oh, catch so CD was supposed to catch that ball. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know you know guy on the back, but anyway, I digress. What's oh, over? I, week ten Wang. is done. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Wang. It is done. But we you can know, talk about it. We can talk. You don't want to talk about it. I'm done talking about. It. Speaking of um, uh, letting him play, the game, the killer was obviously the roughing the passer or the roughing the like Heineke gave himself up. Brandon Graham, uh, you you gotta know, like you gotta know to just pull up or dive out the other way. Like I know there's a lot of situations like that where people are just like, "What's he supposed to do? Yeah, how's he supposed to not drop him on his head? How's he not supposed to body slam?" 
that one was very, very. I think he had enough time to get the hell out of Dodge and, and get that I think win. It, that I think one that secured was, it. I think that was one of the points in the game where I was like one eye open. I was the one <laughs> giving the one eye Willie. I was trying. I to, was. Uh, I was texting brother, dad. Listen, we get we rejoice when these kinds of situations it's a happen. Shame the Cowboys couldn't make up any ground this week. And it, but you know what though, I'm feeling a lot better than I was. You can burn or try to burn all you want. I'm feeling it's a, good. It's a damn you know shame. who else is feeling good this morning? One of our top movers, our top mover that we're going to talk about. We got three of them on the dock. Top movers. Uh, but Terry McLaurin, scary Terry, finally has himself a day. Um, you know which cornerback in the NFL wouldn't give up those kind of numbers? That'd be a Trayvon Diggs. But I will say Terry had himself a day last night. 11 targets, 8 catches, 128 yards. Like I said, Heineke didn't throw any touchdown passes, but... Um, Terry is looking good at another up 3% overnight. Um, Terry McLaurin seems to be uh, building a better relationship with a Heineke. And look, I would say, look, you can't take anything away from Wentz, but you can. You actually absolutely can. And Heineke and McLaurin have worked together for now two seasons uh, where there is a rapport there. They do have enough talent on the outsides to get McLaurin into single coverage because you have to look over at a Curtis Samuel gadget guy where you just got to know where he's at on the field. Then you had a Dotson comeback last night. Then you have, you know, their tight end game. Even Logan Thomas got a couple looks. So Terry McLaurin is finally, you know, seeing some looks. Yeah, I mean, he was getting a heavy involvement, I guess, in terms of how often Washington throws the ball, which is not all that much. Uh, he was getting a decent involvement early in the year, but since Heineke's taken over, he hasn't had less than eight targets in any game. And then he had this the season high this week with 11. So, yeah, we expected Terry McLaurin to be consistent going into the year. And because of the limitations on the Washington offense, we expected a few limitations for McLaurin. He's exceeding what my expectations were the last couple weeks. I think Terry McLaurin is just such a good player. If you look at the, the stops he's had or the quarterbacks he's had in Washington, there's it's been a revolving door. Heineke seems to be the guy he's played with most. Um, and for that reason, they better <laughs> stick with Taylor Heineke. We've already <laughs> talked about it. But, yeah, Terry McLaurin, if you're interested in Terry McLaurin, I'm interested in Terry McLaurin. Let's all get interested in Terry McLaurin. Everybody. Could, together. Bye. Kumbaya on Terry McLaurin. Let's do it. Um, moving on to a uh, receiver who didn't uh, move the, the needle in the right direction on the Mojo market is A.J. Brown. Now, A.J. Brown yesterday, uh, just four targets, one catch for seven yards. He's down to, yeah, almost 2.6% overnight. Uh, what I will say is he did get hurt, a little banged up in the beginning of the game. He did come back into the game, and it was completely ineffective. The Eagles offense as a whole, even guys like Miles Sanders, weren't getting enough looks in the first half. They just abandoned the run right away. So when you hear that phrase, the Eagles abandoned a run, the first thing you think of is A.J. Brown ate again. And he just didn't. It was just a bad situation all across the board. Devonta Smith, happy birthday, Devonta Smith. He gets at the end zone. But, uh, you know, again... I think I just um, don't. I, I, I think, didn't like the I think the AJ Brown injury isn't bad in terms of going to keep him off the field, but I think what you saw yesterday is you're correct. He was extremely limited after that. He was basically a decoy. They weren't give, giving him any looks. They certainly weren't throwing the ball down the field to AJ Brown. And when that happens, the Eagles' offense is a different breed. You know, they don't have that, last that year. number one exactly. It's that they're. He changes the game for them big time, and when he's not ready to go or he's not good to go, you saw what happens. And we have to point out the fact, again, that Washington stepped up. That defense played really well yesterday. They really did, they, they, and it's especially on the back end. Opportunistic. We're opportunistic. I don't know if you guys heard <laughs> that the post-game. That was post Terry game, McLaurin. <laughs> but Terry McLaurin in the post-game, we play opportunistic football, bro. It's like... <laughs> 
That's cool. <laughs> Good job. Good strategy. Bold strategy, Cotton. Bro, we win. Yeah. <laughs> we score I mean, more points that, than the other team. It doesn't matter. Look at the Giants. Look at the Vikings. They're playing good situational football. And really, I think situational football is the most underrated thing in the NFL. Third down conversions, red zone conversions. And look, the, the, the Eagles stops on third down. Circling back to the Eagles as a whole, the Eagles defense of run defense was not very good. And you know, we'll talk about it right now as Brian Robinson uh, had himself a night too. And it was because of the Eagles run defense. And guess what? Up next for the Eagles are the red hot steaming piping hot Indianapolis Colts with Jeff Saturday. So we'll see if that that's an in Indy. So we'll, we'll, we'll pump the brakes on that for now. But Brian Robinson last night, again, 26 rushes, just 86 yards, but a very gutsy touchdown. One of those stick the ball over the plane kind of things like this dude, again, the story aside, he's just he's an incredible athlete, incredible story. Last night, the Washington Commanders established a run very well, yeah, I think and he, he did had very 20 well. Twenty plus so. touches. I'm going to check right now. Twenty six. Exactly. Twenty six. Twenty six rushes out of Brian rushes. Robinson. He's Look, up another five percent. This is a guy that was shot this Literally. season. This season, ten so, weeks ago, eleven weeks ago. I know that the it's going like to be really hard to to take over the comeback player of the year spot over like a Geno or even a Christian McCaffrey, but. I just don't know what the record is. How do you not, the, how do you how do you not, not right. at least give Brian Robinson like, a Like, oh, look. man, McCaffrey. He had shot that, this so season. So he came back on that hamstring, and it's like, oh, Gino, what a journeyman, man. It was a struggle. Yeah, no, my man was shot. <laughs> like, And he comes back to play football, and he's playing very good complimentary football with the Washington I don't know. Commanders. I, when I'm looking at the odds going for the futures, I don't see him even in the list. That's so ridiculous. I don't know if he qualifies based on the criteria. Well, he's a rookie, and maybe he wins rookie of the year for good measure. I, I, he's not going to win rookie Probably year. not, but no, like. Not even close. But he didn't really play to, to have to come back, but he was out. Yeah, it's a, it's one of those slippery slopes. I'm not sure how they're going to c- consider that. But I don't know. But Brian Robinson, Brian one Robinson, more game. He's my comeback player of the year. He is. In Chris's heart, we've told you to go long on Brian Robinson before he came back when he still had an exit wound on him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we had literally told you guys to get in on Brian Robinson, and since then, he's gone up exponentially over the course of the season. So... With talking about Brian Robinson, it's time for us for the second time only in like eight weeks to do a rookie report because the rookies have absolutely flourished so far in the NFL this season. And it's time to talk about the first one. And it comes with circumstance. Reason why we're about to talk about Trey McBride is because yesterday, according to Mojo, uh, who looks like they broke the news right after Schefter did. So I guess they're they're, they're Schefter guys over there. They wait for the, the real news to come through. Um Adam Schefter reported yesterday that Zach Ertz is going to miss the rest of the season. So that's a big, big loss for the Cardinals, who are already reeling. You already were down Kyler Murray, and you had Colt McCoy throwing it out there for his 15th year in the league. Like, it was just tough sledding already for the Cardinals. But now a guy like Trey McBride, who, if you look at him, is, uh, you know, again, very, very cheap right now. And he's sitting in between guys like Cameron Brait and Jonu Smith, who, by the way, have we mentioned Jonu Smith's name once this season no he is a lost man over there but anyway um trey mcbride it could be his time he was the first to top tight end taken in the nfl draft this year uh i'm excited to see what he's got he's only got four catches on four targets so you know he's 100 catch radius uh but 31 yards um i i don't know what to expect out of this guy but the price is almost too good not to expect good things see i'm i'm hesitant because he's a rookie and i want to point out a couple of things here sure so We've seen what they've thought of him up to this point. Now, if he was, if he was talking about Mojo, or you're talking about the Cardinals, I'm talking about the Cardinals. Okay. Like I'm looking at his his usage. 
He's been getting, he's been seeing the field, but he hasn't gotten a target. He's got four. He's got, well, since week three, he had none, right? So while, while having 25%, 28%, 52%, 26, 21, zero targets. So he's basically just either in there on blocking, blocking downs right. when they're in the double tight end set and they're not giving him any looks, not even in the red zone, nothing like that. So I don't think that that matters in terms of his career projections. I think. Tight ends in this league, they struggle to get their footing more so than any other position, maybe outside of quarterback. If I'm looking at Travis Kelsey's rookie season, guess how many games he played? Travis Kelsey played in his rookie season, all of them? One. Really? Yeah, so Travis Kelsey, one game in his rookie season, but I think he exceeded 60 catches. I think he had 63 in his second season. I was so, going to say, in the one game, 60 And just to give you a, a, a further indication as to how rookie tight ends don't really fare well in the NFL – the 10th best season ever, and now this is arbitrary or opinionated because you could rank them however you want, but I looked up best rookie season by a tight end in NFL history. Can I and guess? Then it, and it give you a list. Oh, you're at 10? 10. Well, who's the best? It's Kyle Pitts, but that's besides the point. Is it really? Last I think year? so in terms of yardage, he's the only guy that ever had over 1,000 yards. Jeremy Shockey, if well, I had a, close. I was gonna, I, Shockey would be in the conversation for me. Shannon Sharp? Nope. Really? Cam Cleland was like fourth in the list. Like, Cam there's Cleland? not many guys you would see that you you'd be like, wow, this is sc- very scattered. Mine is dating back all the way to the late 70s. Ozzie Newsom. Okay. Right. Yeah. I think it was 78. Had 38 catches for 589 yards and two touchdowns. That's the tenth, in a non-passing league. That's the tenth <laughs> best season ever. Realistically speaking, I'm not really in on Trey McBride, but considering there's about seven games left this year for these guys, maybe seven or eight. I'm not sure if they've had their bye yet. They have not. So there's seven games left for these guys. You could realistically see him approach those numbers if he is the real deal. I don't think he's going to. Um, Hopkins is back. He's getting some targets now. So I, I just don't foresee Trey McBride having a big year you don't this like, year. You don't like the, the volume that he could get based off of an Ernst injury? I do not because he played 91% of the snaps this past week and yeah. he only had one target. Okay. And, and that's also was, Colt McCoy. This so. was with Colt McCoy, but I'm reading articles now that they're going to probably let Kyler kind of play it out through the bye week and there's no reason to rush him back i think his bye is week 12 wow so he might colt mccoy might be the guy because look how the offense they're ran. punting on there's the season no, i wouldn't say they're punting on the season i would say that kyler's injured and there's no reason to rush him back when you have colt mccoy played the way he did right you got to give him another yeah, opportunity but they beat a bad rams team man wait until they hey, actually but that him. offense has looked very bad against other bad teams so yeah, colt mccoy true. i look i'm only i'm only going off of what i read on that the cardinals beat writers um, are talking like Colt McCoy should probably get another look. We'll see. I don't think Trey McBride is going to catch passes from either one of them. I do like him in terms of his career outlook because it's he's the number one tight end prospect in the draft, and it does take time for these guys to get seasoning, some more than others. I'm not out because he's a great athlete, but I'm going to give it some time. All right. I think he could still be a short because people are going to expect him to go up. That's true. And he might not deliver on those expectations. Now, remember, the so, mojo market uh, also uh, sometimes fluctuates in ways where we're like, whoa, why'd that happen? And it's only because of opportunity. So while you do see McBride on the rise, right, but if you look at his yearly, obviously since he's come into the league, he's been like, yeah, all right, all the hype. And then, eh, well, the Zach Ertz is over there, and now he's starting to climb back. So. It's all up to how you feel about Trey McBride, and obviously Chris dropped some knowledge on you to make sure. It's that not that I don't like him. Like I said, I just I'm don't saying like, like tight him to ends, be a play. Tight ends playing well in their rookie season when they're thrust into a role. I don't know about it. If he was ready to play well, they would have already been using him. More. I want to say there's a change. There's a, there's an argument to that with the rookie thing because I mean Isaiah likely is having himself a decent year, and, and in spur in spots. Of like course, I'm not saying course. he's like a baller. Of course but, he is, and and. 
it's always been the case where it used to be the thing where first and second year receivers struggled and it was the third year. You get that third year receiver. Nowadays, it changed a little bit in terms right of the, the receivers and the running backs. They're able to perform well right away, as we'll get into with the rookie receivers we're about to talk about. Yeah, we're going to talk about the first one being Chris Olave. We've talked about him plenty on this show, and Olave's having himself a season. Um, he's got 77 targets, 46 catches, 658 yards. Two touchdowns. He has fumbled once. He did get hurt. A little concussion case um, earlier in the year, a couple weeks back. But in week 10, now this is a stat that we got uh, from our boy Tom. He comes out over and says, in week 10, his targets were as low as week one, right? The lowest it's been since week one. The coincidence there is that only two times out of the first 10 weeks of the season have Olave and Jarvis Juice Landry seen the field at the same time. That's kind of wild, to be honest with you. Uh, so the targets were down just this past week. But overall, the grand scheme of things, Olave has been a nice little trajectory. So is those, those, you just said those are the only two games that Jarvis Landry and Olave played in were his two lowest target shares of the season. Yeah. Personally? Is that veteran presence? Because you've had I, I'm Winston gonna, I'm and Dalton. I'm going to chalk that up to a coincidence more so than okay. a trend. Okay. Because yeah, I right. think Chris Olave is clear-cut the more, the more talented player. And what you might just see is like when there's both guys on the field, Olave's getting more attention from the defenses. But I don't even think that's the case, really. I think it's just an, an anomaly. I wouldn't read too much into that. Because uh, Olave, while he has had his lowest target share since week one, there's three games this season where he has at least 13 targets. In Very game. true. There's not many receivers in football that you could probably say that about. And I don't know. Maybe there is. But I could guarantee there's not many rookie receivers you could say that about ever, where there's been through half the season – 13 or more targets in three games. That's a lot. So yeah. I, I don't know that, you know, the trajectory points way up. Right now he's sitting in between a Hollywood Brown and a Marvin Jones, and there's a three-time multiplier available on this guy. So if you really think that, I mean, look, there's an, a, a clear upward swing here. You know what I mean? So There's it's not room like, for growth as well. Absolutely. If you're looking at the target, I mean, the snap count, there's, some, there's a lot of plays where I just don't think he's on the field where as he gets a little more seasoning, he will get on the field a little bit more and that seems to be a trend with some of these rookie receivers where there's room for growth because if you see true ones and twos they play 90 percent of the snaps 95 right. percent and these guys are coming in at some of them 70 75 even some less in some games so there's room for growth here because as they see the field more there's going to be more room for opportunity yeah speaking of opportunity there was a guy uh this past week on week 10 uh who cashed in on every single opportunity he was given that's christian watson um obviously I mean, you know what you talk about. I don't want to talk about this bum. No, three touchdowns uh, in week 10. Those are the three touchdowns that he has this year. So his coming out party was literally last week, uh, 195 yards on 14 catches. When you got a guy like Aaron Rodgers throwing you to football and he trusts you after some of the blunders that you've had in the season already, that's a big, big resurgence for a guy like Christian Watson. Again, one of the lower uh, tier receivers as far as market price. So if you want in on Christian Watson, now might be the time because, quote, we're not dead, according to Aaron Rodgers. Well, they're, so yeah, the technically NFC, they're not. They're, yes, they're of course not. They're not dead. But what I'm saying is when Rodgers says little quips like that, like the whole, I think we can run the table. I really do. And then all of a sudden he does. It's like we, now you got to pump have, the brakes on have, the season being over for the Packers. We Badgers. have been here before. Yes. Um, but I think those teams were a little more talented. I think so too. But this but here's an is. opportunity. But when you have a, a talented team in terms of a potential, which is what the Packers have at receiver right now, and Romeo Dobbs being injured, that's not a good thing. But you could see a resurgence or, or 
I wouldn't even say a resurgence because he only has 14 career catches. But obviously, it's the it's a great sign that you see Christian Watson light it up. Very Randy Moss esque stat line where he had the. I know everybody saw the memes out there. The three for exactly, <laughs> yeah, but that Randy Moss, it. the Randy Moss where he's on the sideline and there's his face and he's looking and it's his stat line. It's three catches, 163 yards, three touchdowns. Do you want you want to take a guess? Who I know that was exactly against? who that was against. <laughs> was it on Thanksgiving? Yeah. If it wasn't, it was his like first game, but it might have been Thanksgiving. I think it was a Thanksgiving. I've, I've hurt a lot of Thanksgivings. There's the, the, the holidays in Sturgeo no, House. The worst, are the never worst, fun. Most painful Thanksgiving I've ever had was the Jason Garrett game. Oh, 95, baby. Terrible. Jason Garrett, you let that shit. you let that boy come I in hate there. Jason Garrett, I always have <laughs> and I always will. Because of that? Because of that. Imagine having him as your coach for 10 years. How about that? Well, I've had the, the Jace, Mike McCarthy. Spider-Man so meme? Spider yeah, so you can have him now. <laughs> Right. Oh, man, that is the truest statement I've ever said on the Mojo Marker Report is uh, <laughs> Jason Garrett and Mike McCarthy are the same person. Except you won a Super Bowl, so that's fine. Well, fun. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, very, right, very yeah, big yeah. difference. So he's not a Super Bowl winning head coach, by the way. Which imagine, imagine we live so, in a world where you can actually invest in head coaches. We're we talking about Christian Watson, huh? right? Yes. Yeah, we were. <laughs> Christian Watson's got all the size. He's got the speed. He's got the athleticism. And for now, at, at least in the interim, he has Aaron Rodgers. And the way I'm hearing Aaron Rodgers sound, it's – I, I'm, I'm back and He's forth on this. He's happy Aaron now. He is happy Aaron. No, but I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to take pride. <laughs> he's going to take pride in getting paid $50 million a season this to is teach true. these young kids. And that's what he's getting paid. $50 million a year, I got $100 million, says Aaron Rodgers, says stays two more years. Ooh, oh, oh, we're talking about Christian Watson still? Oh, we still are. Imagine oh, that. But right. Christian Watson having a Buy on year. Christian Watson because what we just saw last week, it could only go up. His stock price is still lower than it was on draft night. And I think after a performance like this. It's like $3, almost $3 less. That's after crazy. a performance like this, it shouldn't be. So the, the, the market has not caught on yet. A couple more weeks or at least one more week in the next two where he has a nice game. So the play is obviously to short Christian Watson. No, bro. No. <laughs> so, go along on Christian Watson and the uh, the young upstar Packer receivers all of a sudden. All right, moving on. All of a sudden, all of a sudden That is man. right. That's how it happens. It does. It happens with the Spurts. All right, a guy with a five-time multiplier that I'm very interested in, just based off of last week, and the volume could see an uptick is one Drake London. Now, Drake London, over the course of the first 10 weeks of the year, 38 catches on 62 targets, 407 yards, three touchdowns. Drake London, to me, coming into the year, was somebody that I was going to keep my eye on as probably one of the best receivers in this draft class. And I still think he's one of the better receivers in this draft class. And I think that the sputtering offense of the Atlanta Falcons is the reason why you're not seeing that much more production. You got Mariota out there who's, again, not playing poor, but he's not yeah. he's not also lighting the scoreboard I up. Have, uh, I'm going to push back a little bit on the sputtering offense. I don't think Atlanta's offense is sputtering so much. I just think their game plan and their their philosophy is They're a run-heavy team. It's what's hurting. Yeah. They're the second most run, I think, at this point. It might have changed after this week. I haven't looked. But Atlanta, the second um, most run frequency in the NFL going into this week. They run the ball a lot. And that doesn't spell... We saw what time of possession does for a team like yeah, the Washington That Commanders doesn't play night. well for a pass catcher on, a, on that team. But I think the idea is in Atlanta is with Kyle Pitts and Drake London, they're going to eventually try and air it out a little bit. Have it's to. just not going to be right now with Mariota. He's not that quarterback. But I do like Drake London. I think he's the smoothest receiver in the class. He's got the size. It's just the spot that he's in right now, it's not working out for him. Um, a little alarming, but it's more so the quarterback, I would say in this case, at least a little bit is 38 catches on 62 targets. You would like to see him be a little more efficient in that. Yeah, yeah. But a, at the end of the day, the size is where there. these balls go, and it's not I, like he has drops all over the, the place. I'd say that the preseason comp coming in was a Mike Evans, and I think he's right on par 
Mike Evans and, and Drake London look like they'll have the same similar career arc. Drake London on the Mojo market is sitting between a Marvin Jones and an Allen Robinson. So clearly, Allen Robinson's been around the block. He's <laughs> on his third stop already. Uh, and same thing with Marvin Jones. He's on his second stop. So Drake London as a rookie is already kind of, you know, kind of putting himself in between those two guys. And, and that just to give you an idea as to where um, he's located right now, again, lower on the price. Um, he's literally almost double the price of a Christian Watson. So clearly people are believing a little bit more. And obviously the draft stock where he went in, the, the hype is there. You know, he was drafted at what? At I think he was the first $13. receiver pick. Huh? Was he the first receiver picked in the draft? I'm, I'm I want to say positive. it was Garrett Wilson, but no. I could be wrong. Drake, no. I mean, look at the standings. I mean, like, was Atlanta that high to get Drake London first? Probably. Yeah, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, and that's okay. We're allowed to be wrong around these parts. Um, all right, one more receiver to get to, and that's Garrett Wilson of the New York Jets. They're coming back this week. They get to play New England, a very, very big game on their season. This kid is dictated basically off of his performance with Joe Flacco, segue into uh, uh, Zach Wilson over in New York, 42 catches on 68 targets. So, again, the target share is completely through the roof um, as far as, you know, who these quarterbacks, both guys, were looking for. 521 yards, just two touchdowns. He does have a fumble lost. But when I look at Garrett Wilson, I see very, very high potential, high ceiling. Uh, the Jets' offense is obviously they were built to run the football. Zach Wilson is a clear-cut game-managing type quarterback. He's not going to light up the scoreboard, but when he is looking, he's looking Garrett Wilson's way a lot. Yeah, Garrett Wilson, he might be the number one receiver in this class when it's all said and done. Yeah, I and mean, I've said that so about too. two or three of these guys. I think really right now Olave and Wilson seem to be the two, but there's still that guy that I've been talking about on and off since the beginning. Very it's, similar on the on Jameson the, on Williams, the I think, still has the opportunity to be the best receiver in this class, even though we have not yet to see him, which is crazy because how – how many good ones there are, if he could turn out to be the best, which I think it's very possible, keep him, keep his name in mind. But Garrett Wilson, we're talk, I talked about the snap count and how I would like to see a couple of these other rookie receivers get in the game a little bit more. That's what Garrett Wilson's been doing. I think there was a point in the season where he got really low. It was like a 51% snap count, but now he's up 73%, 88%, all the way up to 92% wow, in, he's in the, the last week. So Garrett Wilson has now officially etched himself into that starting lineup. On all downs, which is the most important thing you could you could have for a rookie receiver. He's going to be on the field often, and you you talked about it. He's getting a ton of targets, a little bit less than I thought after two weeks. And the Jets were throwing the ball ninety five times a game, but that's the way the Jets are going to have to win football games because, as you said, Garrett Wilson, he's not even Joe Flacco in terms of throwing the football, and that's Zach, not a Zach Wilson. Yeah, there's a lot of Wilsons going on. Here. I just want to. You said Garrett, and it's okay. God. <laughs> It's all right. I mean, look, there's a lot of Will Zatch. <laughs> there's a lot Zatch. of Zatch Wilson. There's a lot of Wilsons going around. And um, but you said it. He's but gonna, yeah, yeah. I worry a little bit about their ability to stretch the field and throw the football. But situationally, he's going to be the guy that they go to. I like him going forward. He's the best route runner in the class. Maybe him or Alave. I keep saying that, but they're very, yeah. like I said, very similar numbers. We've talked at length about these rookie receivers, um, and he's the one that I'm in on most. For right. sure. I'm in on it. You know, it's funny because as of right now, these are the guys that we're keeping our eye on. And, and you said earlier in the show that receivers and running backs are now coming into the league and they're, they're just taking the league over by storm. Just out of curiosity, I looked into some of the, and I know Mojo's offering college quarterbacks right now, but I know that's not where, gonna, where they're going to stop. Maybe by this time next year, there's also other positions, maybe the receivers. 
I'm just looking at one guy, one guy in particular, and that's Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. This kid's got 58 receptions for over 1,100 yards and 15 touchdowns in this uh, young – well, kind of, it wasn't a yeah. young season. That dude is playing out of his mind. So you're like – you look at – even Jordan Addison, uh, Jackson Smith, and Njigba, like these guys are all going to be my, in the league next if year. If I had my pick, I'm either going with Addison or Jackson Smith and Njigba. And honestly – if I really had my so pick, I'd, is no go. <laughs> no, it's not that I don't like him. This I just think ridiculous. Uh, they are, but that Tennessee offense. I oh, think, they're humming. I yeah, think of course. Because the way that Tennessee offense has been this year, they've been lighting everybody up. Hendon Hooker's a stud, and their system just it it lends to good numbers for that receiver. Right. Not that he's not. He belongs. He, right. he will be a guy we're talking about. The next average year. is nineteen point two k. We'll be talking about him next year That's for insane. sure. But Smith Nigba and. Uh, and Jordan Addison are the two for me. Jordan Addison, I think, is the the best receiver. But I'm just saying, like we're we're about to get another class of oh, receivers, yeah. so this is Bro, crazy. And let's not even talk about there's the Florida State kid, he's six seven. There's a there's some studs. Wow, yeah. There's some studs out there. And then the year after, I think, is Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh, he's looking incredible. Bro, he's, I was I was thinking that when I was looking at his skill set and his attributes, I was like, oh, he's probably like his father, like a smaller. He's not. He's six four, like two thirty. He's like To. Is his mom like really <laughs> What's tall? What's going on here? <laughs> That's incredible. Like what is going on? Marvin Harrison Jr. looks to be. Like you want to talk about investing early. Johnson. Early, 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 Ohio early. State. So Ohio State receivers, you know my thoughts on them. I hate Ohio State, <laughs> but I love their receivers when they get to the league for sure. So that'll do it for our rookie report. And of course, like I said, keep your eye out. Mojo's advancing with with positions and sports and just all over the place. And states and all this stuff. 2023 is set to be a very, very big year for the Mojo Market and the Mojo Market Report. So do us a favor, uh, follow us right now. Okay, you can go over to the social medias. That's Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at Mojo. Give us a follow. A lot of cool content coming your way. Um, you've seen a lot of. Uh, if you wanted to figure out who the most overrated player in the NFL is right now, head on over to those social medias because we've seen a lot of different answers and they're very interesting. Uh, but also, head on over to mojo.com. You can also join the Discord, which, by the way, last night I did make a transaction. I, uh, I Hear me out. I sold my Kenneth Walker stock, all of it, and I doubled down on Tua. Um, I, I want to keep my portfolio thin, and I, I think that might be, a, a, again, Small flex. I'm a quarterback-driven guy. Uh, Kenneth Walker, I had him. He went up. Now he's a little down. I was like, eh. You know, just, but again, that's how I play. You can play differently, but play responsibly. So for Dave Sturgeo and, of course, Chris Gucci, this has been another episode of the Mojo Market Report. We'll be back here tomorrow on a Wednesday as we move on towards week number 11 in the NFL. If you're looking for a rookie receiver to short, Traylon Burks. Interesting.